0: I yeah, I'll talk for sist.
1: Yeah, talk for sist. Oh, that, that oh, one no! is very nice. That's what we actually do in. Uh, I was actually saying that to somebody, and somebody said that to me also just recently. So, uh, yeah, the topic for today is yeah. If you haven't, if you're here for the first time, welcome to episode two of Norwegian and Things, where we learn Norwegian and talk about things on the side. So, um, my name is Alexander, and uh, I'm an open source developer. So I make free tools to help uh, people learn better with Anki and Notion all around the world for free. And uh, Gillem, maybe you can do a self intro and then
2: move
0: on. Hello, Uh, I'm a veteran Anki user. I have been using Anki for more than 10 years, not for learning Norwegian, but for many topics.
2: Okay, so is it now time for my introduction? Okay, Uh, (laughs) so I'm. I'm a high school student uh, in Turkey. I am, I'm Turkish and I was born in Turkey, but I, now I go to German school. So basically I have all my lessons in German. Uh, I also use Anki if we have to mention it here, I use it for learning languages and also for schoolwork because for biology, for example, you have to memorize a lot of things and using Anki makes it really easy because it, it just shows you the content exactly when you have to see it.
1: Nice, so it's gonna be good. Uh, We have varied mix. I've also been using Anki. Uh, I started using Anki back in uh, 2010 and uh, I gave up. (laughs) And then I've tried making, I I was showing um, out some uh, screenshots. I tried making my own stuff because Anki was so frustrating among other things. So I made my own Kana basically table thing to repeat. It, it didn't have any space repetition. So it was basically a grid. And then you pick something on the grid. And then you got all of the um, kana, the hiragana and katakana. And then you also had diacritic, um, so gya, byu, kyo, and all of the mm. barons so with the ten ten, maru, with the circle, right? So that was a project I did. But I don't remember how many times I started. I think it was probably two or three times where I started using Anki and then I stopped using it. So have you had the same experience, uh, Gillem, or did you always yeah. use it and happy for life? Absolutely.
0: I, I also, I started back in 2009. Yeah. I think it was Ju- July. And I started um, using Anki for learning Ch- Japanese as well. And I give up in the first three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because back then, it was, it was not. That um, user friendly, or mm. YouTube videos, or tools about Anki. Yeah, it's gotten better. So it was you was most more difficult because you have to trial and error yourself. Mm. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. So
0: I gave up quite a few times, and in 2011, mm. I have been using Anki religiously each and single day.
1: Oh yeah that's that's hardcore. I can't say I've been using Anki every day. Not even this week. Or actually I I managed to do at least one card consistently for a month or two, at least, but not not a year.
0: I just missed five days in seven years or something like that. That's
2: that's really cool. (laughs) That's really cool. Um, when I talk about myself, when I first uh, saw Anki and tried it for the first time, it was really hard. like I think it's impossible to um, get to use Anki consistently when you see it for the first time because it's so hard and complicated. You can't even create your own card types if you can if you don't know about the Anki style of creating cards and HTML and CSS. So it's really painful experience uh, just like you guys. When I first started using Anki, I just gave up because it wasn't possible. But then I decided to try again and again. And at some point, you just get used to it and learn about Anki. And of course, HTML and CSS knowledge helps there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah,
1: this is one of the things I wrote about in the Discord a couple of times. It's like, Anki is producing web developers. like. It's um, because you have to have some uh, web development skills. You have to have it for the markup, right? How the the card is structured.
0: Yeah. The and then you way. have,
1: and then you have to have styling knowledge for how to make the card look better, or if you want to manipulate the presentation. And then you have the other. For example, I've seen some. I don't really do it, but I've seen that you can go really far with the interactive parts. If you add some JavaScript, you could. You could uh, do some really fancy stuff uh, with different kinds of languages or uh, manipulate stuff and um, also add like, for example, I think one thing I've seen is hints where you add your mouse hover and then you show another UI on top or just some dynamic parts. That's when you would really use the JavaScript. So if you know web development, Anki is going to be really, really uh, like the editing of cards is going to be easy. But I think like. When you start using Anki, what you see normally first is the shared decks, like, or was it, was it the same for you? Did you start using Anki via shared decks or did you start creating cards?
2: No, for me, uh, my German teacher back then introduced me Anki to Anki, uh, he was Herr Henlein, Mario Henlein. Uh, he said, okay, so there is Anki, it's a very powerful software, and he was a German living in Turkey, and he said, I use this all the time when I'm having bus rides or uh, traveling, so he w- he had great success on learning uh, Turkish with Anki, and uh-huh. he said, okay, as um, your class, you will- he gave us topics we should prepare words about, like, for example, food, and then, like, work, just... Um, um, just titles and we had to create words in them. And then he suggested that he will uh, create a deck for our class and share it with us. And But we were lazy and we didn't do that. <laughs> but I just, I just uh, learned about Anki that way. And then I just started using myself for German words. But uh, it, it never happened. We couldn't get this shared deck of our class because we were lazy. <laughs>
1: How about you, Guilhem, was it the same for you or was it different?
0: Yeah, I discovered Anki because I was used, back in the day, I was using Linux. Yeah. And I saw in in the educational repositories, I saw the app. And I installed Anki without having a single clue of what it was.
1: Oh, whoa, that's random.
0: Yeah, very random. And it was sitting there for a couple of months before I even tried to run Anki. And my first deck was a shared deck for Heisik for to learn. Kanji, to, to, yeah, to learn. Um, remembering the kanji. Mm.
1: I have those books still. Yeah. I I never read further than twenty pages. <laughs> Stopped after twenty mm. pages, every time.
0: I just uh, shared a deck, but I gave up eventually. In yeah, moment. yeah,
1: it happens if, to everybody.
0: because I was not proficient enough in English. So what I did is I bought the Spanish version of the um, of the book, and I learned Japanese through Spanish instead of English. And I created I haven't created my own deck, so I was uh, editing a shared deck, just changing the keyboard. And from now on, I made my own decks, my own cats always. So so like.
1: For me, it took a very long time to realize the shared decks stuff, because I was using, um, no, sorry, I mean the create on decks, uh, the reverse. So shared decks I used because it was easy. You downloaded them. And I remember one thing I did, and Damien or the Anki project added a warning, right? That that warning, you know, you have a lot of decks or something like that. Check out this page.
0: I have 20 decks.
1: Yeah, that one was not there before. So that one actually, I remember I was using Anki before that message came where you would just go to the, the shared web and then just download, download, download. When you when you started um, this cycle where, okay, I'm going to use Anki and then you get, oh, I want that deck, I want that deck, I want that deck. And then you get overwhelmed and then you give up, stop using Anki and that same cycle repeats, at least for me. Yeah, But like it, the connection where you make your own cards, that was... Um, I think when I learned it was via the Fluent Forever guys hmm. because they, they have their own templates, right? So if you don't know Fluent Forever, it's uh, this one guy called Gabriel something something. He wrote a book about learning languages in a specific way. I don't remember all the details because I've forgotten it, obviously, but they have the book and uh, they um, also sell you uh, word lists. Like uh, for Japanese, they have a list of words. And they also sell you flashcards. And in in those flashcards, you get some templates. And it's a part of the process to create your own mnemonics, right? So that you learn better. So uh, that's when I started discussing with one of my uh, Japanese classmates. Because eventually, I ended up taking, um, what's it called? Classroom classes with Japanese evening classes. I still do it now. Because I've tried learning on my own Japanese. And that didn't work out so well for like 10 years something um so now i'm doing the classroom or i think it was eight years something back then and we discussed creating our own flashcards based because we heard about it in the fluent forever and we saw that yes if you create your own flashcards you can make stronger connections and you have more what's it called more appreciation for the flashcards themselves so um when were you both uh exposed to the i can create my own flashcards part like when, when did you that's the value there is the value when did you make that connection
2: yeah i think well? just from the beginning because uh, as i said uh, uh introduced me to anki and yeah. he was suggesting that we are create we create a classroom uh, deck so i always knew i could create uh, my own decks but then um I was, again, lazy, and I, I have also tried some shared decks. Mm. Um, for example, even last year, I had a shared a Swedish deck. Mm. But when you don't create the cards yourself, you don't learn, even if it's Anki. Because I think when you use Anki, you have to know the knowledge, at least at some level, before you see it in Anki. Anki is not a great platform for seeing something for the first time. So when I saw that I wasn't learning this knowledge or this vocabulary or these phrases as well as I expected, I just switched back to creating my own cards. This is how it's happened.
1: Yeah, I see that's interesting. And I definitely agree. Like I abuse this. I'm a yeah, I, I commit this sin all the time because like I agree that yes, Anki is probably not the best tool for learning, like for its focus on memorization, but the We don't need to cover that that much, but like one thing I do strategically is like, let's say I have an article which represents a specific topic, which I know a little bit about, but I want to get the deeper familiarization. I will take the article and I will put it in Ocean to Anki and I'll create closed deletions. And I'm not saying that I'm learning the article's main points by using Anki, right? But it's abuse, right? It's not meant for this use case. Mm -hmm. So... Essentially, what I'm doing is the, the knowledge in that article is so split up, you can actually review single chunks all alone. You don't have to need, need learn the foundations, the basics, and then make the connections. You can just isolate specific points. And uh, for example, let's say YouTube, right? If you want to understand the YouTube algorithm, you can just create lots of closed deletions about the most general things, right? And then just go through them. So there there you're abusing Anki for learning, right? Because you're breaking it out. And I think there are more people who do that. For example, I consider the incremental reading stuff abuse of Anki, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Gilliam.
0: Yeah, one of the main points you commented is that first you have to learn, to understand, then to memorize. Yeah. You you cannot memorize without understanding. Exactly. And with Shared Dex, the, the main problem is that you don't have the prior knowledge, the same prior knowledge of the person that created that deck. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that it's very, very strict and narrow, like the periodic table, that you cannot change the values or the names, it's very likely that it's not that useful for you. So it's a good approach at the beginning when you download Anki and it's empty, Mm -hmm. you, you don't have an idea what to do. But I really suggest to make the switch very quickly and make your own cards.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Hmm. 100%. Like, you should create, like, for me, uh, like, uh, Alp, you were lucky that you had someone who showed you uh, Anki. I just stumbled on Anki via, I think it was a YouTube video or something from some uh, English teacher who was living in, Jap- in Japan. That's how I learned about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't for take, making the connection on that you can create your own cards, that was something that just it didn't click, right? And and the funny thing is, I used to actually make flashcards with Quizlet because Quizlet had an easy UI. You could batch import stuff and then you could edit it quickly. And so I was actually making cards for myself and other people and sharing it with people. But I I never thought that you could do the same thing with Anki. So, uh, Yeah. I think that the, there are some people who probably have that uh, that they don't see that. It's just like when you use Anki, you use it with the shared deck. That's the, and if you look at, for example, um, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going deep into it.
2: <laughs> um, about the Quizlet thing, uh, Quizlet is usually much easier to use than Anki. And I have friends who use Quizlet.
0: Mm. And
2: we, um, for example, they send their decks to us sometimes but i have never used quizlet regularly it was not my thing before even before but i have friends who uh, use it um, but yeah it's much easier to use
1: yeah absolutely and it also has some gamification for example mm-hmm. you could you can uh, one thing i really liked remembering back it was you you can use the same data set and then you can generate different kinds of uh, uh, input and output for example there was a shooting game and then you had to uh, shoot something, and it would make the connections. You would get a regular standard test where it would generate um, options for you, so it would understand your data with basic understanding, and then it would allow you to either uh, make connections, right, visually. So the, there were so many ways to um, what's it called wrangle with the data. Anki only has one way, and that's basically the your giving input on the space repetition values or the, the intervals for the algorithm. Easy, blah, 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 again, and so on. But Quizlet lets you, um, you can get different kinds of UI. You don't have to just have the flashcard UI. It can use the front and the back and generate, like for example, you know a puzzle uh, where you have lots of grids and then you connect them to each other. That's also another way. So that's cool. And I think uh, people are actually trying to emulate some of that behavior with different kinds of add-ons, for example, the puppy reinforcement. Um, mm. But it's not a game. It's more uh, giving you feedback, which is also what the Quizlet is doing. It's giving you f- visual feedback. So it's like you, as a learner, are getting encouraged to use it more, if it makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to address uh, this topic. Mm. is that you can use Anki. Yeah. for what you learn in the school system.
1: Mm.
0: So it's most likely you are forced to study something you are not really keen on learning, but you're used to pass an exam. And another kind of user is, which it's, for instance, myself, is that I am following my land drive. I study whatever I want because I am no longer in the school system. And the difference here is key, is the motivation. So all the, all the um, gamification, all, the goal in the gamification is to not get bo- bored during the repetitions, the reviews. And one short thing is, is usually people who uh, start using Anki is for the, the school system. And even myself, uh, I used Anki back in the in 2000 and something uh, for anatomy, because anatomy is one topic, that it's very dense in terminology and the terminology very long and complicated words. So Anki is very useful for this kind of um, topics. And you don't, in my opinion, you don't need gamification. Even if it's just front and back, it's very plain. What works magic is the algorithm. And because the main thing is that learning by itself is pleasurable. You don't need to add video game-like behavior to get pleasure while doing the repetitions.
1: Yeah, I I, I know what you're saying, but for some people it's not like necessarily like that. For example, uh, one of the things I really enjoy with uh, using Anki now, now that I understand Anki, I'm not saying I understand the algorithm in a, like in deep knowledge or something like that, but I understand the usage of Anki where, for example, earlier today, I was doing some um, uh, review and I do them in the toilet that, because it's easy yeah. for me. So I do them in the toilet. I I'm sitting. Myself, yeah. Exactly. It's easy. <laughs> you you can remember it and pick up um, and sitting in the toilet and I look at my phone and then I review a card and I read the question uh, you have closed deletions. And then I'm shocked that they remember it. (laughs) So I'm thinking, wow, I actually remember this. I know because so you fill in the blanks in your head with the closed deletions and then you check. And I like that feeling where if you look at it, you wouldn't really think you remember it. But if you look at it and I say, this is what I think it is. And then you check and I say, yeah, it's correct. You actually do remember it. Yeah. So that feeling is magic. Yeah, so
0: Eureka feeling, right? Yes.
1: And you get that with Anki. So Anki, if you use it correctly, you can have a lot of wins. And um, I think it's important to, for example, Bury is something I started using recently. And Bury is saving me because uh, I was getting overwhelmed with a lot of uh, cards and low yield cards. So with Bury, I can get back to them later and then edit them. Yeah, for those who don't know, bury is essentially—you uh, can correct me, Gilliam—but you say this card, just shove it to the future without affecting the algorithm, right? Yeah, just one day. Just one day without affecting yeah. the algorithm.
0: Hmm.
1: Okay, cool. Just making sure I understand it. <laughs> yeah, so
0: just to paraphrase what I said, is that there are some people who use Anki who benefits for the end goal but doesn't enjoy the process
1: yeah but they do, how are they supposed to understand it like for example yes you as a medicine student you want to pass your exam you want to become a top level student you want to get you want to ace it but i i'm confident that people like ali abdul he has this skillshare course which is helping people. And I really like the Skillshare course. I'm not saying it's the best one necessarily, but it's like in that Skillshare course, I felt like he was repeating some of the sentiment that I've been developing over time now and also from other people I've discussed is, that is that you can use Anki for anything, really anything you want to memorize. And some people like me, like to abuse Anki, where we're using Anki to learn stuff. It's not meant as a learning tool, but we use it that way. We don't care. Like, I don't have a problem with generating a lot of low-yield cards and then editing them, updating them, adding mnemonics later to go through content. Because, like, if you look at this stuff that is out there and things you can learn, some things you can learn by just being exposed to them. So, for example, Anki shows you a card. Yes, you're It's not effective, but it's letting you somehow learn that that topic by showing it to you, by repeating it, right? So it would be more effective if you just sit down for one hour, heard someone present the topic, and then created the flashcards. But you can also do it the other way, where you just put it in Anki and then break it down over time, which is not effective, but you can do it. And uh, I I do it. So, um, But I think uh, with regards to those people who are using it, I just want to ace the exam. I don't think they understand that they can use Anki for everything, right? I think if they make that connection earlier, if they understand that, okay, not only this exam I'm trying to pass, Anki is actually a tool I can use for, I want to remember this recipe to cook this cake, right? Before I'm visiting my parents from holidays or whatever, like you can apply it to basically anything you want. And I think that connection, it's my opinion, I'm not saying it's the truth, but I don't, pe- I don't think people make that connection. They just think it's, it's a tool for this and this. For example, Niyosaki, if you're watching, hey Niyosaki, he taught it was mostly just for school stuff, like uh, exam passing. And that's not how I use Anki. I don't have to take any exam really. And I'm, and I'm using Anki on a daily basis. Does it make sense?
0: Yeah, I think it's because how people are introduced to Anki. Mm -hmm. So just like Al that was introduced for his uh, teacher. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. the way they are introduced, they think, oh, this application is for enhancing cramming. And I Mm -hmm. I can get better grades. But, uh, simply speaking, that's a misuse of Anki.
1: Exactly.
0: Anki is meant for lifelong learning. So you never... yeah. And cramming is exact opposite of Anki usage, in my opinion. Exactly, it's, 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 exactly it's an yeah. <laughs> antithesis of what Anki is for. It's lifelong learning to keep something memory for, for life. But even though if you use Anki for just cramming, uh, you, you get better still. And I, I did this back in today for anatomy. But what you do in the long run is that you don't keep reviewing these those cards once you pass the exam.
1: You delete them. Goodbye. Yeah.
0: You delete, well, I make a, an export and then I delete it in my collection.
1: Okay, I see. That's clever. That's, so you back it up. But like... Even the cram mode, yeah, so that was a good uh, observation because the cram mode, even like basic Anki wouldn't work well for the cram mode. So they are actually, these people are actually learning a lot about Anki and then they're making customizations because the default mode of Anki will not work for cram mode. Exactly. You have to do something extra, right? Yeah. You have to go either create a customized deck or use tags and then filter down stuff. But you can't just use the basics and then it's going to work well for a Crem mode. I don't think that's possible. Or you, you, no, I don't think.
2: What do you think? Could you?
0: Yeah. I'll...
2: But why do, why, why do you need Anki uh, for cram You could just write your questions somewhere and just get through them. You really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Like, because even in that case, then it's better. For example, I haven't watched it, but I know Ali Abdul has this uh, Google sh- spreadsheet stuff, mm-hmm. which has used, and that's probably even more effective than the the base mode if you try to do that cramming in Anki. And you, you could, pr- could, sorry
2: you could even hide the answers in the toggles for example in notion yeah, yeah. Uh, so you have the question and when you open the toggle you see the answer and you can use it for cramming like you just start at the top and then you go to the bottom just mm. sort of reading and uh, thinking about the questions
1: yeah so you you don't really need uh, but like Maybe, maybe there is some value, because I'm not studying medicine. Because what I'm thinking is like, is, could it be, I've looked at some of, the, some of the things some people send me, and it seems like it's a lot. Maybe that's the problem, but that it's just a lot of it.
0: Exactly. So um, the point is that the school system, how it's built, mm-hmm. is that you rely only on short-term memory. Yeah. Because you have so much content to learn. And you get evaluated in just a couple of months. Mm. So everything is short term. You cannot build this knowledge in Anki, in SRS, because you need time with this. Mm. You cannot get all the, um, uh, the anatomy in three weeks, I in three months. That actually is what I did, because I, I had to take the exam in December oh. in, in one semester. Uh, but that that's not a problem with Anki. It's a, pro- a problem with the school system, mm-hmm. which is based on short repetition that force you to cram.
1: Yeah, yeah. And see what you're saying. It's it's very, very
0: interesting indeed. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was a bad student in that sense, because I did cram <laughs> as less as I could, as little. So. And
2: as a- as a, as a high school student, I can tell you how painful it is because, for example, in uh, four months, I'll have my university entrance exam and I have to learn a lot of things, but I have to forget them afterwards because really, I don't need that knowledge. The, the, uh, I don't understand why we go to school for learning these things because they're not useful in the long run. I just learned that, learned this knowledge for four months and after that, I'll probably forget all of that, almost all of that. So this is really a problem of the school system all over the world, not specific to a country.
1: Uh, that that sounds uh, sounds about right. Like It's been so many years since I was on the school bench. Uh, I've tried to take some exams just to improve my grades, just for fun. Uh, or actually, I was considering going back to university earlier, just a few years back. But there was still a lot of work. but. For example, yeah, someone who's gonna become, um, what's it called? Snekker? I don't know what Snekker is.
0: Snecker?
1: Can someone in the chat <laughs> translate
0: Snekker? How you spell it? S N Echo. Echo? Yeah,
1: and then
0: Kilo,
1: Kilo, Echo, Romeo.
0: Snekker. Uh, snow sock.
1: <laughs> no it's basically it's someone who works building stuff essentially uh, let's carpenter carpenter oh, that i looked good. it up wow, yeah okay. so a carpenter doesn't really need to know the in depths about norwegian history right or norwegian language history or hmm. stuff like that but you do end up going through that and um while interesting i think like one subject i look back uh, just talking about that is like cooking that's actually i wish cooking was more integrated in the course compared to other things because that was actually useful i think back in uh, not um, what's it called it's called Barneskola in norwegian let me check back uh, primary um, school hmm? yeah and there we Barneskula. had cooking and cleaning sorry
2: uh, as as this is a norwegian podcast actually so barneskole uh, just barn is child yeah i think so, yeah, yeah, this is a right. school, literally. And school, yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And, and not, right. only, not only cooking, but uh, like even communicating with people because oh, we yeah. go to school without knowing how to communicate effectively. So this is a skill I wish I learned at school. I, I'm still not good at it because no one teaches me, but after I get out of school, for example, in university or after university, I will focus on that. But school, I have to pay attention pay attention to other things. And yeah. communication is not one of them. You need to get this book.
0: <laughs> great <on the> job. <laughs> yeah, yeah great job. Really
2: yeah, so the title is
1: What to Say, Comma, How to Say It, The Secrets <laughs> of Getting Ahead. And then here it says from Keith Ferrazzi, New York Times bestselling author, who's got your back. She's, she's quoting something here. A masterclass in workplace success. Great on the job is a must read for anyone looking to get ahead the in their career. Instant strategies for expert workplace communication. So we're not promote, uh, this is not sponsored, but uh, I haven't read the book completely, but I've, I've watched her Skillshare course. No, no, sorry, LinkedIn course.
2: It used to be called lynda.com before.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah and um,
2: this is important. This is actually a podcast episode. So uh, they don't see the book when you show it like that. So the book is right <laughs> yeah. on the job. By, Good Good what's point. her
1: name? Jessica. No, sorry. It's uh, Judy. Judy. It's Jody Glickman. And I really recommend uh, LinkedIn uh, or formerly called uh, lynda.com course. It's uh, it's actually pretty good. We can yeah. talk about gifts some other day. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm.
0: Guilhem. Yeah, I wanted to comment that I shared the link. Uh, one very strongly recommended reading about problem of a schooling. Yeah. Supermemo.guru. You can yeah I, go- see, I see You can Google the... that, and you will find in the first results.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. There are some challenges being a dropout myself. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, even Alp, even in the Finnish uh, school system, uh, has um, room of improvement.
2: Yeah, there, there is no perfect education, yeah.
0: Finnish school paradox. Yeah, I will send you the link.
1: Yeah, yeah, and also let's try to get them into the Notion page. Last time there were some links I didn't manage to capture.
2: We are moving away from the initial topic. We have to cover um, how we can use Anki for Norwegian learning. This is yeah, important. Yeah. 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 And so before, before we move on to other unrelated <laughs> topics, I want to take you back to that. And thank share you. My, thank you. Alpha president, bro. Yes, <laughs> we're voting yeah. for you. Yeah, <laughs> share my opinion on that. Uh, so the, the thing is, um, with Anki, I think every language has its own unique features, and Norwegian also has some unique features that you have to cover in Anki. You could just write the word and its explanation or uh, translation in your native language or maybe English, Uh, but this wouldn't be be as effective because, for example, in in Norwegian, there is a grammatical gender. A word can be masculine or feminine, so you have to learn it as well with the word. there's not always a way you can know that by seeing or hearing the word. So you really have to memorize its gender with the word. And there are some some irregular plurals as well. So what I suggest doing is creating uh, custom card types for Norwegian. You just include the gender and plural form in the card and then uh, a a translation in your native language and then an explanation or definition in Norwegian so that and you can create different types of cards. I think I can make such a card type and uh, put a link in the Notion page to that. Oh, that, so that would be amazing. Can, Very generous yeah, of you can, all. People, people can download the, uh, download the card and use the card type themselves. But yes. um, and you should also include images in your cards because images make it make it easier for you to remember stuff. Mm. And you are learning a language. You don't. Uh, all, you won't always see the translation or the word in your language before using it. So if you want to uh, get away from thinking in your native language, you have to see the see the item. For example, th- I see this, and this is a pen, and I I don't have to think about the Turkish word for it before I say that. So this is to achieve this. Uh, images are very important in my opinion. What do you mm. think?
1: Exactly, mnemonics. I use them all the time, and uh, like. This is one of the things I really liked about Fluent Forever because they were spending a lot of time in. They have this word list and they are working on their own proprietary apps. I don't like the uh, like. Uh, I haven't used the apps to be honest, but so I don't know. But like, I really like that part with the images because I right now I have flashcards personally. Like when I'm struggling with a flashcard, I usually just try to edit it and then add an image. But what I try to do with the images. If you search for a thing in the target language, so if you search for something in Norwegian and then the image that comes up has the word in it, you should not use that m- image, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a low-quality yeah. image. So if you search yeah. for pen and it says pen in there, don't use it. But if you found a pen that's, it looks like a pen and it doesn't say pen in the image, use that one because then you have to actually work because you can use an image and then it's written there, but what is the value? And I think also it's good to depending on what kind of cards you have, if it's front or back, or if it's closed deletion, to mix up. Sometimes it makes sense to have the card in the front. Sometimes it makes sense to have it in the extra or back. It depends on what kind of information it is, but yeah.
2: I always create multiple cards from a note. For example, uh, a card shows me the picture and asks me the word, and another card shows me the definition of the word in Norwegian and then asks me the word. And a card shows me the Turkish word or any other uh language and asks nor norwegian word um mm. one of one of the cars hide the gender of the um uh, general noun so this would be i i i show them by typing n or at in front of the word so one of the cars just hides that part and asks me if it's uh, masculine or uh, feminine or neutral mm. and one of the cards just asks me what the plural form is. And for verbs, this would be meaning, definition, uh, maybe an image if possible. Mm. And you can also remember the word forms that way.
1: I think it's really cool. You showed me some of them uh, yeah. not long ago. And the, the, the thing I do is like I have a weird workflow because what I do is I just create the card and then I edit it over time, right? I evolve my cards or I delete them. That's what I do. I change them up and then I add images. I remove some text. And one thing I'm going to start doing soon is I have a lot of closed deletions. So I want to start grouping them, right? Because I just, if I break down an article, then I have close, 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 right? And then start using it. But sometimes the words are similar or they have the same meaning essentially. But breaking them down, I just want to split them. So um, I want to try out what you're doing because I, don't spend that much on the card types unless it's a special thing. For example, my uh, my ver- ver- verb lists in Japanese, those I've created custom card types for mm-hmm. because I want uh, text uh, to speech. So I create specific types for them. I want some custom emojis to show up, which means something to me. So I don't have to think I can see the emoji and then I know what it means. And then I'll use my recall in a specific way and so on. But I think it's good to create more um, more templates, essentially, right? Because you're, you create one, and then you duplicate it, right? And then you edit it. That's what you're doing in the edit view.
2: Yeah. If, yeah, uh, like what I do, um, I have, uh, for example, in German, I mm. have a card for German, German nouns, German verbs, and other German things. This can be phrases, adjectives, or adverbs. Yeah. It, because uh, this is... Uh, for verbs and nouns, you have to memorize um, additional uh, information about them, like gender, plural, or word form. Um, but in adjectives and adverbs, this is not the case with German. So it really comes down to language. But I create one, um, uh, I create one card type for, if necessary, for every feature of the language, and then uh, I use them on the same deck. For example, there there is a deck called German in my. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's Deutsch, but German uh, in my Anki, and I have all these different card types in it. Um, and for example, for learning verben mit prepositions, the words with uh, specific prepositions like warten auf mm-hmm. to wait for, so you, I have to know the uh, know the preposition. So what I did back then was creating a closed deck, so I closed cards in the deck. Mm-hmm. There are Close cards and just I see, and then I have to uh, find the correct preposition, and then at the end, uh, I also added the case mark. So, for example, accusative, dative, so I have to nice, know all nice. the things in the closed card. So, this is a thing I did, and uh, that's very cool. Maybe you should do a YouTube video on the
1: card types and yeah, the reasoning yeah. behind it, because I think like one of the things which is cool with Anki is that people do it so different, many different ways, mm-hmm. and it's also cool to see um, just to see how people are doing it, because you can learn a lot. Because I've just looked at some YouTube videos just to see how people do specific things, and I'm surprised every time I learn something new. Like, so maybe your workflow is something that could be. Uh, Enriching to other people because then they can see okay what is possible or this is a possible way right this is his way maybe I can copy some ideas from him I like that it's good maybe we can do a video next week
2: <laughs> and uh, in yeah and in English text um, I add even more things for example etymology of the word mm. because this helps me to remember the word and I I nice. really like learning about etymologies of words is mm. my nerdiest height of in languages about languages so this is what i do i i know i learned the origins of the words as well with english so this is this is what i do and uh you we were talking about uh mobile cards and uh how you add bunch ad cards and review them later and uh, yes them basically a waste of time um, i have to I, get my act together <laughs> yeah i i'm against that i'm against that yeah but, mostly is um, I use Evernote for that, but you could use anything other than that, like you could even create a group WhatsApp group with only a WhatsApp group with only you yourself in the group. So that yeah. you can <laughs> type in single uh, words and add them to anchor What I do is I just um, when I see a word and I don't know the meaning and I yeah. check it and I learn it. And I think it's essential that I learn the word and it will be useful if I use it in my day to day life. Mm-hmm. I just add it to Evernote. They just go to inbox because um, I, add, I, share, I move these notes to different mm. uh, notebooks in Evernote, but I, everything I, was, I
1: add,
2: yeah. add, add on uh, like fast go to inbox. And these go- these words go to inbox and when i am in front of the computer uh, i just get through my evernote inbox and find mm-hmm. the words and because uh, creating archicard etymologies plural uh, like plurals for norwegian uh, gender images that takes time that yeah. takes uh, real time mm. and you have to make time for it it ju- you just can't do that when you are uh, uh, driving somewhere or I don't know, you don't have time. So you, when I get in front of the computer, I just go through these words and I add them to Anki. Yeah, this
1: so was- I, I was actually, I was setting up a Telegram bot. And then I was setting up a server just to do that. Because I saw someone on, uh, I don't remember, it was in the subreddit or something, who had created a Telegram bot to create Anki Flash. I said, this is cool. I have to try it. I never got it working. Because I was trying, it worked for English and uh, some, uh, I think it was English and Spanish, uh, but I couldn't get it to work for English and Japanese. Mm-hmm. So I, I just uh, installed it. But there's there's some really cool stuff you can do with bots to automate these card creations. And I think people are doing that. So that's that's definitely an interesting avenue to explore. It's a cool yeah, uh, process.
2: But, but the thing is, uh, for example, as I said, I add additional information. so. Mm. Uh, I think uh, creating a bot is more complex and time-consuming. Yes, than- it is. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not as it as we want to think. For example, I add the etymology of the word. So it has to go to Etom online and just get the etymology from there. And there are some paragraphs that this long or very long, because uh, people listening to the podcast don't see my hand, uh, yeah. very long. <laughs> and um, the algorithm somehow has to reduce it to the essentials. And I um, actually created a, how I uh, add the etymology. I, I I know how to write every word. So the bot has to know that and take out the essential information and leave out the uh, unnecessary details. So this is time consuming. And yeah, uh, yeah, but if there were, if there were a database like that for doing the, this stuff, I, I, I don't believe there's something like that, but um, this would be useful. How many people would use that? I don't know, but this would be useful.
0: <laughs> yeah, for instance, there are add-ons that they can semi-automate the process of grabbing um, the meaning or the phonetic reading and this kind of thing from a web online dictionary. Mm. And actually, that's what I do. M- most of my cards are manual but then I fill in more information automatically. And then w- one of the things you mentioned is the formulation of knowledge. Is that you don't want the whole sentence or the whole paragraph about the etymology. You just want the minimum information possible, mm-hmm. which is useful and it will help you remembering yeah. Uh, yeah. the word. So it's the, the less the better. And the other thing is that Minimum, minimum principle, minimum information principle is that you don't ask everything in, in the card. Yes, You just focus on one item. It's okay, this card, I, this word, what's the meaning? Okay, it's this one. Uh, how it's pronounced, or how it's uh, spelled, or what gender do, do. is mas- yes. a masculine word. So you focus on just one thing. And this is a wonder in Anki, because Anki is not just front and back. So for yeah. people who, has, who are not uh, embarrassed in Anki, it's just a Excel, a spreadsheet file that you have different columns, the English, the Norwegian, uh, the gender, pronunciation, and whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then you tell Anki in each um, card type, uh, show me this at the front and show me this at the back side. So when you are creating cards, it's so easy because you fill the information and everything gets created. You don't have to do anything. I suppose is how Alp is doing his cards. You feel all the information and then you you may have conditionals and all the cards get created at one click. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, exactly. Guilhem, I just have, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Um, yeah. I just had a question regarding add-ons, right? Could you create an add-on which is just essentially a template which just installs templates that's what the add-on does it does the, doesn't do anything else it installs a set of predefined templates
0: yeah um, for, yeah for instance uh, the, um, image occlusion is doing this you have the template for image occlusion
1: so but it's doing more it has this own wow. app and. Yeah, they, and it yeah,
0: uh, um it embeds another open source project for doing the the
1: SVG uh, editor. At
0: yeah. the point is that even if you don't have any card, you have yeah. to cut the card template. template.
1: Sorry, sorry, the last item here could you repeat?
0: But even though if you when you install the uh, mm. add on, you don't have any um note with that template. But the add-on comes, it installs this template for you. Okay, so you could
1: create a simple uh, add-on which just installs specific templates, right?
2: Yeah, you could do. Um, yeah, but there is this even simple solution to that. Uh, when you share a deck that uses specific um, card types uh, templates, the the templates just get into this person's. Yeah,
1: that's um, even better, um, right? That's
2: better. Yeah, it's easier. It's yeah, easier. you're you're right. Yeah. Um,
0: you, you could create one node of its kind. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. import the templates altogether, and then if you want, you can delete those cards. If yeah. you, when you delete the cards, the template it's it's still in your collection. This is
2: yeah. this is what yes. I this is, this is what I'm going to do with the deck. The listeners can download. I will create um, a deck with one card for each type, and when they download it and import it to Anki, they will get all the templates, and they can uh, create their their cards using these templates. This is my plan. Exactly.
0: Cool. I'll I'll for president. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So
1: now I just I was thinking and, about some templates. Yeah,
0: I I have one. A few questions for you, Alexander. Yeah, sure. Is if I wanted to learn Norwegian. Yeah. Through English. Uh, and I want to start focusing on what's the more similar the, the cognates. Do You know what I mean by that? No. So, it's uh, all the vocabulary that share the same etymology, both in Norwegian and in English? For instance, welcome. It's pretty similar than German. So I'm guessing there are cognates. So yeah. That, So for instance, what I do in Japanese, Japanese borrows a lot of, uh, they have a lot of loan words from English. Yeah. So what you can do is focusing on those uh, words because they are easier because it's just a a, a phonetic adaptation of another language. Yeah. So from Norwegian, if I want to build up vocabulary really quick at the beginning, one of the things I, I can do is uh, focusing on the words that are very similar to English. Or if it, or if my language is German, I can focus on the uh, German roots.
1: That's clever. That's English. very clever. So you would essentially have a softer transition into the language because most of it would be familiar somehow,
0: right? Exactly. Then you focus okay, yeah. on, the, on the phonetics. Uh, oh, that's how the Norwegian adapts this. Uh, phonet- this letter or this mm. and you get familiar with the um, phonetics while you're yeah. learning So vocabulary. this is really
1: a new way to learn for me. So I, I I might have come across it before in the past, but it's still like, I think this is totally new for me, because uh-huh. I don't know if there's any list specifically, do you think there is, is there any wiki or some communities who make collections like this?
0: Oh. for norwegian i have a research um, uh, yeah go ahead
2: yeah i i have lots lots of things to say here because this is what <laughs> i did for the last few years <laughs> um so um i my native language is turkish and then i learned english and then german so mm. these the, learning these first two languages are hard because um english and German are still relative languages, but they, uh, they're le- relatives to each other. They're similar, but not the same. And in, with English, you can see many, um, many similarities. There are some, but you just don't see it because there are many Greek and Latin words or French words hmm. borrowed from somewhere else. Um, but then um, after learning German, I started learning Latin. So Latin is the first language I learned after German. I I was, yeah, I was really enthusiastic about it. I was studying every day and I learned some Latin. Then That's... I moved on to learn Italian. So learning Italian after Latin is like uh, learning, learning something derived from uh, the actual language. I don't want to say actual language, but this is how it is. Latin existed before Italian and Italian is a newer version of Latin. This is, this is how the Italian um, come to being. So, it's, learning Italian was a lot easier. And in my class, I, I went to a course for learning Italian. In my class, they thought I knew Italian before I started learning. But this was not the case. What I knew was Latin. And it's really easy to figure out words if you know Latin. You just have to, most of the time, you just have to uh, change the us um, us ending at the end of the Latin word to so o if the word is masculine. And um, if usually US and Latin words are all in Italian. So it really is easy. Uh, and then, um, so after that, I am uh, learning Norwegian now. I, I study some Norwegian and I already see some words I knew in German. Like, for example, I don't know, Möglich as possible in German, and the uh, the Norwegian word is mulig or something. Nice, that's very good, Al. So, Yeah, I I I wanted to. Uh, You're impressing us. Something. We are very impressed. <laughs> very <laughs> so impressive. This is, this is this is how I learn, and I think this makes real sense and is really logical logical way. If you know a few languages, it's easier to learn the others. But now, at the same time, I said a Finnish. Finnish is something different. I don't know any language that has lexical similarities uh, with Finnish. So I have to learn every single word for the first time. But um, yeah, Finnish is not so useful for that matter, because after learning Finnish, um, there are not many languages that share lexicon with Finnish.
1: So I have to learn if you have any good resources on linguistics basics, just because most of these words are uh, words from a strange language so uh, like I think most people don't understand what we're talking about when you say lexical and uh, yeah so but, they don't but but if you have resources please drop them and then we're gonna share them in the notion page so yeah, I, I also want to yeah. learn this so I can get yeah. down the basics um, it's very interesting so okay. wrapping wrapping up um, is there like uh, do you want to Mention something, uh, Gilliam or uh, Alp. Just, just closing thoughts. We have one minute, and then we're wrapping up for tonight.
0: Yeah, one quick thing is that when you are learning Norwegian, mm. you can use the languages you already uh, speak, so you're Exactly. And even though one crazy thing is that you can learn. Norwegian and Danish at the same time if you wanted to
1: Yeah I I don't really know like uh, what is the benefit of learning multiple languages at the same time that's probably an interesting topic to cover at least uh, with regards to languages which are similar to each other so maybe Alp, you can do some research and then we can talk about that in a future episode what do you think Alf does that yeah. sound
2: interesting yeah learning mo- multiple languages at the same time so learning multiple languages no uh, gleam are you talking about different languages or related languages because this is a hot topic in uh, language learning communities and linguistic communities because nice. for example when you when you try to learn italian and spanish at the same time or you try to learn norwegian and swedish at the same time so yeah. i have been studying swedish for uh, on and off for months but i never really get to get the habit to really uh, do it consistently but i learned some of the grammar but and norwegian grammar is basically the same almost the same so this can be helpful but uh the words are also similar but there are slight differences for example the word for key in norwegian is nøkkel, and mm. it's nukkel in uh swedish so ah, you and you write it uh, differently. So yeah. in, in Swedish, it is N-Y-C-K-E-L. But in Norwegian, it's N-O-K-K-E-L. So yeah. they're they're almost the same. But one of these is nökel and one of these is nökel. And uh, they're different. And you have to memorize all the difference. Or, for example, a really basic word like I. I mm-hmm. means yay in uh, Norwegian. And you write it with... J E G, and in Swedish it's ja, and it's written with J R G. So this is there's a little slight differences, and I think it it can be hard to follow all these. You can lose control over that. So this is yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it's.
1: This sounds great. We have to talk about this and we need to reschedule this because I have to go to the bathroom, guys. Yeah, and and we need we need to stick to the three average viewer count because it's going down now. We need to stop the re- stream. <laughs>
2: okay, Thank <fine> you. <laughs> so, okay, before coming up, you can find yeah. the Norwegian, Norwegian deck, uh, the card types in the show notes or in the description, wherever Alexander yeah. adds it. And... I can talk about this learning languages and multiple languages and single languages and similar languages for hours. So we will do that in another episode. Yes, we will. Thanks for listening. And
1: uh, please smash the subscribe button, smash it and go, go review us on iTunes or wherever you are. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.